Welcome back to Facts Matter, a production of the Citizens Research Council of Michigan, where we explore important policy issues facing our state. I'm Mark Bayshore. There's been a lot of debate lately about the future of Michigan's income tax rate. After two months of speculation, State Treasurer Rachel Eubanks officially confirmed in late March that an automatic trigger added to state law in 2015 would lower the state's income tax rate from 4.25% to 4.05% for fiscal 2023. But Attorney General Dana Nessel now says that rate cut will only last for one year, setting off a firestorm in Lansing among legislative Republicans who insist that the increase should be permanent. CRC Senior Research Associate Bob Schneider took a deep dive into the arguments and he joins me now. Bob, for starters, explain to us how this 2015 law change, uh, how that happened and how that plays into this dispute. Right. So so uh, folks may remember um, in 2015, the legislature tried to tackle road funding issues um, and uh, to generate some additional revenue for road repairs and, and road maintenance that uh, listeners may recall we we had a gasoline tax increase of about seven cents a gallon we had uh, an increase in the annual registration fees we pay to the secretary of state they went up by 20 percent um, some current revenue from the income tax was dedicated to the roads so we we raised taxes and we also looked inward and redirected some some existing revenue um, but in the end, that that was still those tax increases were tough votes for um, at that time a Republican-led legislature. Um, so some Republicans were still hesitant to to vote for for some of the tax uh, increases, particularly the gasoline tax. So in in the end, of, uh, as part of the final deal, this income tax trigger mechanism was also added to that package, and basically that says that whenever. The, the 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 law says that whenever general fund revenue that's the state's discretionary revenue whenever that goes up significantly faster than inflation then this trigger will automatically reduce the the income tax rate um the law basically sets up a formula to calculate capped general fund revenue based on historic general fund revenue and inflation here's here's a cap on general fund revenue and then each year it prescribes, okay, look at actual revenue, compare it to this calculated cap level. And if actual revenue is higher than the cap, then the income tax rate falls. Um, if we have, for instance, $700 million in excess revenue above the cap, then the income tax rate falls by an, um, by an amount that um, is expected to reduce revenue by 700 million and, and eliminate the excess. So um, when that happened, many people thought we'd probably not see this trigger actually be activated. Um, but in fiscal year 2022, we had a real a real surprise, a lot of extra general fund revenue that most folks weren't forecasting. Um, so all of a sudden uh, in January, it, it became apparent that actual revenue was going to exceed this cap and that's what got us here to this point that uh that this income tax rate will will now officially fall from 4.25 as you said mark to 4.05 percent um you know that's the big picture of that of that trigger mechanism that we're talking about it, it sounds as if the ag's analysis is focused on the importance of, of two words those two words current rate is it fair to look at it that way? Yeah. So, so the, the, that that is an important element of 
of, uh, of the interpretation of the law. And that's what, you know, that's the heart of this right now. The law sets up an annual process to, to look at um, whether the income tax rate should fall, as we talked about with this trigger mechanism. Um, but the law specifically says that the each year, the current rate should be adjusted by, um, you know, an amount determined by this formula that, that we just talked about. But it doesn't define in the law what current rate means. Um, does it, you know, how do we define what what is the current rate? I think lawmakers from two, 2015 and I think many, you know, Republicans today have, have said, look, when we current rate, we mean whatever the rate is, you know, whatever the reduced rate was. If if the if the rate goes down one year because of this trigger, then the current rate is the new reduced rate. Um, you know, and we expect that to go on indefinitely. Uh the the attorney general's opinion looked at that definition of current rate and said, you know, current rate means the rate that existed when this law was passed, and that rate was 4.25%. So it envisions a process that the starting point for any rate reduction each year would be 4.25%, that, that existing rate. Um, if we if we have a rate reduction as we're about to have here that's triggered for one year, that doesn't necessarily carry forward. It it uh, it, it would go back to four point two five percent the next year, and then we determine separately now whether whether there's a uh, another reason to to reduce it, you know, under this formula. But basically, the attorney general's opinion says the starting point, the current rate, is four point two five percent, and that's our starting point every year. And in and, and our analysis, if you look at our blog, we. We, we think there is room for debate there. Um, I think folks that say, you know what, next year when we make this determination, the current rate will be the reduced rate. It'll be 4.05%. Um, there's probably an argument to be, to be made there that um, uh, you can make a strong argument that the current rate should actually be 4.05% next year. Um, and I, I, so we think that that part of it at least is ambiguous. So your analysis uh, actually disagrees with her on that element, but you agree with her overall conclusion. What what are you seeing in the law that leads you to that conclusion? Then, yeah. So so that's the other part. And the, the attorney general's opinion talks about this, but it's not their emphasis. Um, the 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 section of the law that that's important here um, has has two important little subdivisions. The first subdivision, you know, says. The, the rate now and in the future shall be 4.25% in any year. And then it says, except, except when this other little section of law says something different. So then if you go to that section of the law, um, it, it says um, you, you, there's two parts to that. And, and it says, one, each year, if, if, if general fund revenue grows faster than inflation, if that happens, then two, then go about um, computing all this capped general fund and comparing it to actual uh, general fund revenue and discern whether a rate cut is necessary. What we know almost for sure next year is general fund will not grow faster than inflation. Um, we uh, we had a sort of an unusual fiscal year 22 where revenue was really high. 
without anything else that's expected to fall next year, general funds going to fall closer to trend next year. And Mark, as, as you and listeners know, we just had a big set of tax uh, reductions passed in legislation. Um, not only is the income tax going to drop due to this trigger, but we had changes in the treatment of retirement income that's going to reduce revenue. We have uh, changes in the earned income tax credit that's going to reduce revenue. So the, these tax cuts plus the the, the uh, decrease in natural revenue is going to mean general fund uh, general fund is going to be growth is going to be negative next year, and it's certainly going to be below inflation. So that means the if is is false, and and that section does not say not nothing in the law says. If, if general fund growth is slower than inflation, then here's what to do. All it says is if it's faster than inflation, then do this trigger calculation. And uh, it, it's it's silent on, on what to do if not. So then our, I think a plain reading of that language then is you go back to that first section that says, it's 4.25% unless something unless something different is is uh is prescribed over here nothing different is prescribed in that section so our our analysis says you know and our interpretation is it, it should go back to 4.25% um you know and i uh, i think that's a that that's the clearest reading of the language that, that that we come to your analysis also acknowledges that in 2015 the republican majority fully intended this kind of rate cut to be permanent. In fact, both the House and Senate fiscal agencies, which are nonpartisan, both presumed that. Your paper states that it's, quote, abundantly clear, unquote, that the legislature in 2015 meant for this trigger provision to result in permanent reductions to the income tax rate. So, so what happened? Why should the rate still go back up? Yeah, so it, it is very clear. We we looked at this legislation back in 2015 when 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 it was happening. It is it's 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 really clear that the legislature intended, whenever this trigger uh, is activated, that it would that it would produce a, a permanent uh, a, a permanent rate reduction. It's it, it's becoming very clear the lang that the language used to do that was flawed. I I don't think the language in the law reflects. The intent of the legislature at that time in 2015, um, and it's a flaw in that language that you know when you just when you sit and read it carefully and and as clearly as you can that suggests that um, you know that that this is a one-time cut and that uh, and that the the rate would go back up to 4.25% in 2024 when when we get to that point. Um, so. Uh, the intent was clear. Um, the language was flawed, and that's what that, that's what creates this um, this problem for those who who are proponents of a permanent tax cut. Revenue projections strongly indicate that the perfect revenue storm that you alluded to earlier that triggered the upcoming income tax rate won't be repeated. How important is that? Yeah, it is important. So, in, in you know, we talked about fiscal year 22 revenue and that's what we compared to you know 22 uh, general fund revenue to this cap it was really high and and um, part of the reason it was high the, the thought of many of the forecasters and economists who work on the projections is we had some changes to tax law related to how 
uh, certain partnerships and, and S corporations are taxed, uh, a new flow through entity tax that we don't you know need to talk about the details of. But there was a, a new um, a new method for taxing uh, 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 at the business level um, business income, and I and it seems like that um, uh, that generated some additional revenue that would not otherwise have happened. And we also just had a, a continued growth in the economy. Um, again, as we talked about, uh, that that naturally is going to fall in, in, in 23 and um, adding on all the, the tax reductions that, that were um, that were recently passed. We're going to we're going to probably see revenue in 2023 um, general fund revenue, maybe a billion and a half to two billion dollars below um, fiscal year 2022. And if we look out a few more years, um, that probably even gets a little bit worse. So in all likelihood, um, this is a one time, this is a one time triggering of this, of this rate cut uh, mechanism that was put into law. If we look you know, over the next 10 years, at least, and, and maybe forever, um, this this trigger probably becomes sort of a irrelevant issue. I don't think we're going to see uh, an income tax rate cut triggered again anytime soon, meaning even in the next decade or so, because we're going to be two to $3 billion below that capped level that's based on inflation that's calculated every year. And um, like the revenue limit, the state has a revenue limit in its constitution, and it's sort of been moot for many years. We've been 10, 11, 12 billion dollars below it. Probably the same thing happens here where we we're not going to see a, a triggered rate cut again for a long, long time, if ever. Since the AG's opinion was released, many who support a permanent uh, rate cut have argued with its logic, with particular disagreement about that term, current rate. It was used in the 2015 law. This includes many in Michigan's business community, like former Lieutenant Governor and current small business head, Brian Kelly. Are they wrong? And is this case headed to court? So um, you know, the, the, those folks are very much right about, um, about intent. It's very clear what the intent was in 2015. It was to create, you know, to, to trigger permanent rate reductions in the income tax. Um, there, there, they also may well be right about, about that, that, uh, that ambigu ambiguity of the definition of current rate. I think they can make an argument, uh, in a court case. I think you could try to argue, um, you know, current rate, it doesn't mean the original rate of 4.25%. It means whatever we've reduced it to over time. Um, they can make that case, um, you know, and and maybe that sticks. I can read it that way. What? But um, the issue that hasn't, I think, been discussed is this uh, as much is what what we're reading as this sort of trigger, this event, this if statement. Um, general fund revenue is definitely not going to grow faster than inflation in in uh, for fiscal year twenty twenty three, and because of that. All of those calculations, what does current rate mean? What is the cap general fund level? None of that matters as we read the language. None of that matters anymore. So that's not um, th that's not the key point to us, at least. That's not the key point. It's that general fund is going to grow sl much slower, probably negative growth compared to inflation. 
Um, and, and so this whole issue goes away. And the only interpretation we can we can make is the the rate goes back up then to to four point two five percent next year, and I think um, you say, will the case go to court? It seems likely, but I think any litigants then in that case are are probably going to have a, a pretty high bar to clear to convince a um, to, to convince a judge to convince a court that. Um, that uh, that the rate should should stay at four point oh five percent. I we think the language is is pretty clear in, in regard to um, that uh, that if statement. You know, if, if if general fund grows slower than inflation, which it surely will, um, the rate goes back up to four point two five percent. This is all very interesting and extremely relevant. Bob Schneider is a senior research analyst with the Citizens Research Council of Michigan. They are online at crcmich.org and on Twitter at crcmich. I'll point out that the not-for-profit Citizens Research Council of Michigan marks its 107th birthday this month. That's a good long time that the CRC has provided factual, unbiased, independent information on significant issues, all with the aim of good state and local government here in Michigan. You can find a link to donate to the Research Council at, C, at the CRC website, crcmich.org. A fact tank cannot run on fumes alone. <laughs> this has been Facts Matter, a podcast presentation of the Research Council of Michigan. Thanks again, Bob. Thank you. Thanks. Good to be with you, Mark.